Hello, and welcome back to Dramini Audio Fix. My name is Amber, and today I will be reading Chapter 9 of All You Want by Senlin Yu. Keep in mind that this fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 9 I'm Trying to Hold My Breath Malfoy's eyes grew so dark they were almost black. He slid his hand away from her face and down to her throat, and then pulled her toward himself, leaning toward her and breathing deeply against her throat. Hermione sighed and let her head fall back further. Oh, fuck, he muttered. I thought I had imagined how perfect you smell. Hermione felt as though she were about to melt into a puddle, as though the heat from Malfoy's breath was seeping into her. She could feel the tip of his nose lightly grazing the side of her neck, and she let out a low moan and clutched at his robes. He started to draw back, but Hermione clung to him like a barnacle, not letting go. She wanted to pull all her clothes off and feel his skin against hers. She nuzzled his neck. He was hers. He smelled like her. His hold on her was tightening, shaking faintly. He growled against her skin, and it shivered through her and down to her toes. She paused and then caught his jaw in the palm of her hand and drew his face up from her shoulder, studying him. His expression was possessive and enraged. Not angry at her. Angry for her. Someone had been hurting her and Malfoy was nearly feral from it. There was palpable rage around him that still felt explosive. She knew about this. Instinctively, she knew. Her alpha. She was supposed to soothe him and assure him now. She was all right. She needed to show him. She leaned forward and kissed the side of his neck. A small, tender kiss. Then another kiss, a little higher up. He stilled from his shaking. She pressed another kiss near his jaw, while her fingers slid down and pushed away the collar of his shirt and lightly caressed his scent glands on both sides of his neck. He made a guttural moan, and all the angry tension in him abruptly vanished as his undivided attention on her morphed from protective anger to desire. She scooted closer to him until they were pressed against each other, as she slowly continued to drop tender kisses up over his neck to his jaw and then finally captured his lips with hers. The taste of him. She moaned. He immediately wrapped his arms around her, picking her up and pulling her into his lap. She wrapped her legs around his hips and ground against him. She could feel her center press against his cock, and they both groaned. Hermione slid her hands over his shoulders and up into his hair and tugged on it as she deepened the kiss, sliding her tongue between his lips and twining it with his. He gave a low growl of approval and his tongue pushed back, pressing into her mouth and plundering it. His hands began to slide over her curves, caressing them, slipping under her clothes and gripping her possessively. She dragged her wrists against him, scenting on his clothing until the air grew thick with their pheromones. His fingers slid over her skin, teasingly so that she arched, pressing them together. He crushed her against himself. Oh, oh, she loved this. The sureness of it. The strength. She could feel his muscles rippling beneath the fabric of his clothing as he held her. Rather than feel frightened by their disparity in physical power, she found her mind purring. He wouldn't use it to hurt her. He would only please and protect her. A perfect alpha. Hers. 
Hermione could feel her heart begin pounding and gasped against his mouth as he continued to kiss her. He nipped at her lips. She drew a hand back and began unbuttoning her shirt and parting the fabric, encouraging him to push her clothes off. She felt golden. She'd been longing for him for so many weeks, dreaming of having him take her again. She pulled one of his hands up to her breast and moaned as he slid his hand under the cup of her bra and his fingers played with the tip of her aching nipple. She gave a choked gasp and arched her back further. Alpha, she panted. Alpha, please. He suddenly jerked away and wrenched his hand back. Oh, fuck, he swore angrily as he stared at her in his lap. Hermione blinked in confusion. Merlin Granger, Malfoy said in a strangled voice running a hand through his hair as he looked at her wide-eyed. Maybe she was supposed to take her clothes off for him. She started pulling her shirt off and reached behind her back to unclasp her bra. Malfoy watched her half-dazed until she began pulling the straps off her shoulders. Then he suddenly sprang to life and grabbed a hold of her hands to stop her. Don't, he said in a hoarse voice. Don't do that, Granger. Hermione blinked at him and felt herself well up with disappointment. Was I not a good girl? She said slowly. He stared at her. I tried to be good, she said. I tried to look pretty. I didn't touch myself. I tried not to let anyone touch me, but he licked me even when I said no. I can be good. I can try harder. She could feel her lip trembling. Oh, bloody fucking hell, Malfoy said in apparent despair, before he let go of her hands and enveloped her in a hug. Hermione melted against him, relishing the heat of his body. She could stay like this forever. She sighed into his chest and felt him rest his chin on the top of her head. You're a very good girl, Granger, he said in a husky voice. I'm very pleased with you. Goldstein is a tosser and I'll help you castrate him later. Then he let go of her and pushed her back slightly so that he could meet her eyes. But you need to wake up now, he said, studying her face with a worried expression. You're not a mindless submissive. Goldstein forced you. I know you don't want to be like this. So, let's put your shirt back on and then try to figure out how to bring you back up so you can go back to your dorm. I like being here with you, Hermione protested peevishly. He sighed and looked away from her. I sincerely doubt that. But if you'll cooperate and let me bring you back from wherever Goldstein managed to shove that enormous brain of yours and you still want to be here, well, he snorted, I certainly won't stop you then. Hermione reclasped her bra and pulled her shirt back onto her shoulders obediently. Malfoy buttoned her shirt almost all the way up, but left the top three undone to expose her scent glands as he stared at her thoughtfully. She was still seated on his lap, staring up at him adoringly and trying not to croon over his lovely cheekbones. He was so handsome, and his eyes were still dark as he looked at her. She reached up and unbuttoned one of the buttons he'd done up in order to show him more of her cleavage. No, 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 Malfoy immediately said and rebuttoned it. None of that, Granger. I'm trying to think. You're already impossible enough to think around with all your clothes in place. I've never done this before. I honestly have no clue how to wake you back up. He rested his hands on her shoulders for a moment and stared into her eyes. Granger, come back up, he said. His voice was low and the command in the tone tingled in Hermione's spine and made her brain feel buzzy. She sighed breathily and leaned forward to kiss him.
He tried to dodge it, but she grabbed a hold of his collar and pressed their lips together. His hands were tangled in her hair a moment later as he kissed her back ruthlessly, his mouth hot and bruising against hers. They kept kissing until they were both gasping for breath. When they broke apart, he seemed to remember himself and drew back, untangling his fingers from her hair. Right, so that obviously didn't work, Malfoy said as they stared at each other, panting. His cheeks were flushed and Hermione tried to kiss him again, but he put his hands on her shoulders and stopped her. He reached out and slowly slid his thumbs up over her collarbones and caressed her scent glands. Hermione gave a low keen and her whole body went slack in his hands. Malfoy caught her and gathered her against his chest. He dipped his head down and Hermione stilled and held her breath, hoping he would lick her. Her arousal had her neck throbbing, just agonizingly sensitive. Every time he spoke or breathed, she experienced an almost painful tingle of anticipation in her scent glands. She was just dying to feel his soothing tongue against them. He did not lick her. He breathed deeply, and the whole room suddenly felt thick with his scent as he caressed her scent glands again with his thumbs. Granger, come back up now, Malfoy said, and his voice rippled partway through the fog in Hermione's mind. She gave a low, slightly pained whimper of want and arched her head back further, huffing in frustration. She didn't know why he wouldn't lick her, Alpha, she said in a low, pleading voice. He looked down into her eyes and sighed, sliding a hand along the column of her neck and pulling her up toward him and ghosting his lips over her neck. She could feel his breath on her glands and stifled a moan of anticipation. She felt the tip of his tongue brush against her gland. A shudder ran through her whole body, and it felt as though she were being bathed in magic. He gave a long, broad lick and the sensation shot straight through her body. Her clit throbbed. She moaned and ground against him. She could feel him straining through his trousers, and she tangled her fingers in his hair and held his mouth against her neck. This, this, she could live for this. Surely he'd fuck her now that he'd licked her again. He'd push her down and drive his cock inside of her. She was aching inside from wanting him. He moaned and gripped her more tightly as his tongue caressed her skin and he sucked on her neck. Hermione gasped and felt her whole body shake, and a coiling heat began growing into fire within her lower abdomen. She slid a hand down his torso, sought out his trousers, and started slipping her hand inside. His hand holding her waist pulled away and closed around her wrist, stopping her. She felt his thumb graze her scent gland on her wrist and felt herself sink against him, limp as a rag doll, utterly glazed in sensation. Alpha, 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 please, she whispered, trying to shift her hips against him. He released her neck, and she gasped with disappointment. But he didn't pull away. Instead, he buried his face against her shoulder and breathed in deeply. She could feel the air whispering cold across the spot where his mouth had been, and her hair shifted and tickled her skin. She felt a quivering anticipation bloom through her lower spine as she tensed, waiting. She felt his lips brush lightly along the juncture of her neck and shoulder, and she rolled her head forward and rested her cheek against his shoulder so she could breathe in his scent at the same time. He held her tightly as he pressed his mouth against her neck. She held her breath and held still. Granger, you've been a good girl, but you need to come back now. Come back up. 
There was forcefulness beneath the coaxing way he growled against her throat. The vibration sank straight through the fog in Hermione's mind. It was like resurfacing after diving deep underwater, seeing the surface shimmering overhead, kicking up toward it as it sparkled and moved in waves, getting closer and closer, feeling the changing pressure, and then finally breaching with a gasp. Hermione's mind abruptly found her again. It was like the world were in slow motion as she absorbed what had happened. She lifted her head off his shoulder and felt Malfoy's hands immediately slip off of her. She looked up at him dazedly and felt intensely emotional and vulnerable as they stared at each other. Oh my God, she said in a sobbed whisper. Granger, he said in a hesitant voice. She nodded slowly and stared at him. Do you remember what happened? He asked, studying her. She nodded again and fought against a desire to cry. Are you all right? He asked. She shook her head and looked around, trying to get her bearings. They were sitting on the floor in a classroom. She bit her lip and rubbed her wrists against each other, trying to comfort herself as she processed what had happened. To her surprise, Malfoy hugged her. She immediately clung to him. It's not your fault, he muttered. Goldstein is a bastard to use your biology against you like that. He asked me out, Hermione said angrily. And then when I said no... He said I was basically an open invitation to fuck, and when I tried to leave, he forced me to stay, and he said, he said he was going to bite me. She was shaking in Malfoy's arms. His hold on her tightened. It's all right. You're all right now, he said. His voice coiled through her, and she stopped trembling. No one is going to bite you or do anything else you don't want them to. But they will, she said, and her voice wavered. It's written into me now. Somewhere fundamental where I can't change it. I can barely say no. And apparently, even if I do, they can just ignore it and make me cooperate. She buried her face in his neck. She was aware that she was currently seated in the lap of Draco Malfoy, the very person who had pointedly refused to so much as look at her for the last several weeks, but she felt like she might start bawling if he stopped hugging her. Since he hadn't immediately shoved her off of him, she decided to stay until he did. I hate this. I hate this biology, she said fiercely. Malfoy sighed and hugged her even more tightly. If she could just stay there with him forever, that would be ideal, her brain pointed out. His hands were stroking her back lightly, and the scent of him was everywhere around her once again. I'm not going to let anyone hurt you, Granger, Malfoy growled. One of his hands came up and tangled in her curls at the back of her head, holding her firmly, possessively. Her head was tucked under his chin, and she could hear the steady tempo of his heartbeat. It was blissful. She closed her eyes and relaxed against him. After a minute, she lifted her head and stared at him. His eyes were still dark, and she reached out hesitantly and rested her hand on his cheek and watched his eyes grow even darker. Thank you, she said. Thank you for stopping Anthony. I don't, I don't know what I would do if he'd bitten me, she shuddered. It wouldn't have been a permanent bond if Anthony had bitten her, but it would have been long-term. Soul bonding required her to be in heat. Getting bitten by Anthony when not in heat would have been like the effect of Malfoy's scent on her, but multiplied by the umpteenth degree. It would have taken months to wear off. It would have put a hold on her that probably would have lasted until her next heat, when he could have tried to make it permanent. Thank you, Malfoy, she said again, and her voice shook slightly. She looked into his silver eyes, and just meeting them made the air feel electric, 
and made it hard to even remember to breathe. She felt like her heart were about to explode. You, you are. She found herself drawing her face closer to his, or maybe he'd drawn closer. She wasn't sure. She had never imagined that making eye contact with someone could make her heart race as though she had just sprinted around the Quidditch pitch. The silver of his eyes was like liquid, and she felt as though she could drown in them. It wasn't the aroused fog of pheromones. It was different. She didn't know how to describe it. She drew in a ragged breath and tried to tear her eyes away from his, but found herself instead staring at his mouth. His hand was still in her hair, and his thumb was lightly caressing the nape of her neck. She tried to remember what she was saying, but she couldn't stop staring at his mouth. His lips were parted, and the matter of Anthony suddenly seemed oddly faded and insignificant, far less pressing than the fact that Hermione was having her first fully conscious experience of being in Draco Malfoy's arms. The air around them was beginning to crackle and almost hum from the tension that was beginning to swirl around them. She shifted closer. Surely, if he hated her, he wouldn't be letting her sit in his lap while he promised to keep her safe. He wouldn't care if he thought she was detestable and dirty-blooded. Maybe there had been a misunderstanding. Their faces were almost touching. She could feel his lips against hers. Malfoy, she whispered, and her lips brushed against his as she spoke. It was electric. They both shivered and drew even closer. Her thumb caressed the arch of his cheekbone, and his fingers in her hair tightened their hold in response. Kiss him. Kiss him and he'll never leave you, her mind whispered. He'll always keep you safe. He'll always be yours. She wanted to. But she needed to know. Malfoy, do you? She was practically whispering the question against his mouth. The door to the classroom burst open and McGonagall stormed in along with several more professors. The headmistress's wand was immediately leveled on Malfoy. Mr. Malfoy, remove your hands from Miss Granger this instant, Minerva said in a hard voice. The sudden appearance of others made the electric tension between them snap like the reverberation of a bowstring. Hermione and Malfoy sprang apart and scrambled to their feet. Miss Granger, are you all right? A portrait reported that you'd been attacked. Professor Vector and Professor Dawlish moved toward Malfoy while Minerva pulled Hermione toward herself. I'm fine, headmistress, Hermione said, straightening her clothes awkwardly as she was hurried across the room. Minerva glared over at Malfoy. I warned you, Mr. Malfoy. It was with extreme reluctance that I permitted you to return to this school after your actions in sixth year. And now I have my halls crawling with enraged alphas, a prefect in the hospital wing, nearly beaten and cursed to death, and find you once again compromising Miss Granger. Malfoy paled and Dawlish took him by the arm, wand leveled at Malfoy's temple, and started pulling him from the classroom. Hermione stared, bewildered, but Malfoy didn't say anything. Headmistress, Hermione blurted quickly. Malfoy isn't the one who attacked me. Anthony shoved me into a wall and tried to... to bite me. Malfoy is the one who stopped him. The professors all stilled and looked at each other. There was a silence. I see. Well, if that was the case, you should have come to my office and reported it immediately, Minerva said, looking nonplussed as she glanced between Hermione and Malfoy. I was not entirely lucid afterward, Hermione stammered. Malfoy brought me here to try to help me snap out of it. All the Hogwarts staff eyed Hermione with expressions of overt skepticism, and Hermione belatedly realized that, if Malfoy's current rumpled appearance were anything to go by, 
she probably looked quite thoroughly snogged. Her tie was missing, her shirt was half unbuttoned, her hair was standing nearly on end, she could feel a flush in her cheeks and across her chest, and her lips felt distinctly swollen. He didn't do anything that I didn't initiate, Hermione added, and felt her cheeks grow hot, and she struggled against a desire to go bury her face somewhere, preferably in Malfoy's chest. She rubbed her wrist surreptitiously against her hip instead. Well, McGonagall said. Malfoy abruptly jerked away from Dawlish, making a muffled sound, his expression tense. Professor Dawlish promptly dug his wand firmly under Malfoy's jaw to still him. Mr. Malfoy, McGonagall snapped, control yourself. Dawlish, please escort Mr. Malfoy to my office. I will take Miss Granger to resolve the situation outside and then take her to the hospital ward. Very well, Minerva. Professor Dawlish said with a nod as he continued to use his wand to prod Malfoy in the throat and then proceeded to drag him out of the classroom. Hermione stared after Malfoy and their eyes met for a final electric moment before he vanished around the corner, leaving Hermione with McGonagall and Professor Vector. Malfoy really didn't do anything, headmistress, Hermione said again. He shouldn't be punished. Minerva looked over at Hermione and a thoughtful expression came into her eyes. Miss Granger... Are you becoming attached to Mr. Malfoy? Hermione felt her stomach drop slightly and glanced between McGonagall and Professor Vector. Professor Vector had an increasingly overt expression of distaste on her face as she stood in the classroom. Hermione became aware that the small classroom smelled rather heavily of sex, despite the travesty that there had been no sex. Hermione blinked and tried not to notice how frustrated and bitter she felt about that. No, Hermione said. It's just... I would... Hermione took a deep breath and closed her eyes as she spoke quickly. He could have taken advantage of the situation, and with the state I was in, I would have wanted him to. But he didn't. He stopped. Her voice was slightly embittered sounding as she said, stopped. She felt her cheeks flush and opened her eyes, breathing in sharply through her nose and staring determinedly down at the floor. So, I just think you should know that I feel profoundly grateful to him for coming to me. If he hadn't shown up right then... I'm not sure what Anthony would have done to me. If anything, Malfoy should be rewarded. McGonagall continued to stare at Hermione thoughtfully for several seconds before rousing herself. Very well, Miss Granger. After Poppy has seen you, I would like a full story of exactly what occurred with Mr. Goldstein. Let's take you to the hospital ward and get you some Mertlap essence for your neck. McGonagall looked Hermione up and down and cleared her throat. Mm, perhaps you should button your shirt. Hermione awkwardly turned away from the two older women and buttoned and tucked in her shirt and then tried to smooth her hair. When she turned back, she felt the headmistress cast a freshening charm on her. Hermione blushed again. McGonagall turned toward the door and then paused. You should brace yourself. There's something of a commotion in the hallway, the headmistress said before sweeping through the door. The commotion in the hallway was all the other alphas in Hogwarts, some half-dressed, and all angrily shouting at their professors who kept waving their wands to ward them off. Hermione stared in astonishment and sidled nervously behind the headmistress. Did they all show up because I was attacked? She said in a shrill voice as she peered over a tartan-clad shoulder. Apparently, McGonagall said, staring at the scene in front of them. Neville appeared to be wearing his robes and a pair of trousers without a shirt or shoes. Several boys were in pajamas of various kinds. Theodore was wearing slacks and no shirt. Peter was in a bathrobe. They were all arguing with Flitwick, Slughorn, Hooch, and Sprout. 
Even Phineas was skulking against one wall. Half of them were here before the professors arrived. It didn't occur to me that I'd called them all, Hermione said awkwardly. She'd read about it in her books. When Omegas were extremely frightened, they dropped a veritable bomb of pheromones. It was rather like going into heat. Given that Hermione was unbound, any alphas nearby felt immediately driven to come rescue her. It explained how Malfoy had managed to materialize out of nowhere. Fortunately, your call did not drive them feral, or we would have been forced to stun them all. They were willing to let the professors look for you, since they had enough sense to realize that looking for you as a group would probably not end well. We promised we'd let them see you when we found you, but they promised to behave themselves. Hermione! Neville spotted Hermione peeking over McGonagall's shoulder and bolted toward her, followed by all the other boys. They nearly bowled over McGonagall and Professor Vector, and then crowded around Hermione like a pack of eager dogs. The instant they surrounded her, Hermione froze, standing stock still in the midst of them as they closed in. She vaguely heard McGonagall and the rest of the Hogwarts staff begin angrily shouting in the background. End of chapter 9